Hey, it's your host, Rob Kohansky. Welcome to Local First Podcast, where I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to tell their inspiring stories about them and about their business so you can learn more about them. Just a reminder, this podcast is made possible by Home Solutions Realty. I'd really appreciate it if you would forward the podcast by sharing, subscribing on iTunes, and leaving reviews and recommendations for future guests and topics. I want to hear from you. Now let's get to the show. There are massive changes happening in the insurance world, but nobody knows it yet. Jackson Buwaltz is the owner of Elevated Insurance, an independent insurance agency located in Waukesha, serving the community with home, auto, life, and business coverage. He has discovered that most people aren't really excited about their insurance, but they see it as a necessary evil. Between community involvement, donations, and connecting people to ways to reach their goals, Elevated Insurance is helping people insure differently by delivering services beyond coverage. Elevated Insurance clients feel they are proud of the insurance that they have and that they're making a change. Let's meet Jackson. What we got here on this episode, we have Jackson Bublitz, uh, an exciting guy, very, you see him all the time on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, you'll see his videos out there, a lot, sharing a lot of great information. Um, I'm going to let him tell his story, but welcome. All right, thanks a lot, Rob. Appreciate you having me on. All right, awesome. Glad to have you here. Thanks for your time today. So let's go ahead and get started. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? What do you enjoy doing in your spare time? And what did you do before you got into your current business and sharing insurance? Yeah, so I grew up outside of Manitowoc in a really small town called Whitelaw. So uh, you can literally stand on one side of the town and see the other side. There's just one big highway that runs through it. Uh, went to a, a pretty small high school, um, found my way to lacrosse for college, and ran into a lot of opportunities to just get outside my comfort zone there. So uh, probably the, the biggest thing that, that's impacted my whole work career is, is an internship that I did in college. Um, I worked with the Southwestern Publishing Company. I went door-to-door, 80 hours a week, uh, one summer in El Paso, one summer in L.A., one summer in Detroit. And as you can imagine, um, you know, a lot of challenges pop up, a lot of, uh, a lot of grit that's involved with those types of roles. So if there are any book kids out there so, that are listening. So, so you must like rejection a lot. <laughs> I, I understand the value of going through rejection and, and uh, you know, what comes up from the other side. So, um, yeah, that was great. It allowed me, one, I made a ton of money. So I was able to, I, I paid for school myself. Um, but then it also kind of gave me the insight to what traveling does. I'm a pretty firm believer that the only way we grow as people is the, the people we meet and the books we read. So that kind of, that, that gave, got me a lot more comfortable to do things like go lifeguard at Disney for a semester or study abroad. And, um, you know, now I'm in a spot where things aren't always easy, but I understand that if, if you're persistent and you have done a little bit of research before you get into it, uh, there's probably a, a path at least to success. That, that's really cool. I just, uh, you said persistent, and that, uh, it's a key word for me because I just wrote an article yesterday about being consistent and persistent in the things you do and how that without being consistent and persistent, how you have those bad days and you can drop off, and, and that's really key to a lot of things that you do in life and business is being consistent and persistent. So that, that's mm-hmm. really good to hear that, uh, that you're doing that as well. 
Uh, so in a concise point, what do you do for people? So I basically walk them through something they have to buy anyway. <laughs> um, I'm in the insurance world. I, I work with businesses, but I also spend a lot of time with people just getting their home, their renter's coverage in place, auto, life insurance, those types of things. And it's, it's pretty wild for something that ties us all together. We all go through this process of buying these services and renewing them and things like that. Um, I was shocked when I started my research six or seven years ago to find how little people knew about what was one of their top four or five expenses in their financial life every year. So really the value that, that I bring to people is helping them understand, one, what they already have, and then I'm an independent agent, so I can show a couple different options, different carriers, different ways to set up a, a policy for what would fit them well. Um, if it works, great. If uh, it turns out what they have is the best fit, that's okay too. But where I get a lot of joy and one of the big pieces to my uh, switching over to, to owning an insurance agency was every time we do a solution, whether someone buys or not, we donate to a nonprofit. And that's one of the things that um, I'm really excited about with my business and I think something that sets us apart from pretty much everyone else. That's really cool. It sounds like you're really going out of your way to educate people to know what they have to get or what they may need to make it better for them. Yeah, I've, I've always found that the better I understand something, no matter what it is, the more comfortable and confident I feel. And if my clients can leave a conversation with me or even someone who doesn't buy, if they're more knowledgeable, more confident in what insurance is, that's a great start to relationship, be it a client relationship or be it someone who can, a client who can refer me or a prospect who says, well, today's not the fit, but when this comes up again, I can see giving you another shot. That, that's great to hear. I've, I've, I Believe me, I've had insurance all my life. And, and when I met you talking about insurance and how you present it to your clients and, and prospective clients, it really intrigued me because a lot of times that I see agents go out there, they get the, the policy or whatever it is, put them in one little shoebox, and then that's it. Sounds like you're really building a relationship with these people, which is key. What is, uh, let's see here, what led you to becoming what you do with Elevated Insurance? Well, there was a, there was a couple of key things that happened, Rob, that, that really got me thinking about I need to be doing something for myself. I need to have more control of my future. Um, I, I had worked with a, a company where I consulted with uh, small independent insurance agencies all across the country. So I'd probably spoke with a, maybe 1,100 agencies over my, my time with the organization. And I just really saw a lot of commonalities of a lot of people who run small insurance agencies are towards the end of their career. Uh, they are in a spot where they have a lot of reoccurring income coming in year over year, and there's not a whole lot of expectation from their clients. So when I was showing them different ways to add more value to what clients do, to what their clients get to be more consultative, they didn't tell me it was a bad idea. They just didn't feel like it was worth an investment in their business to do it. So that gave me a, a kind of the, the first red flag of there's some opportunity in this space. The second piece is, um, and I don't know why it lined up this way, you know, God, the universe, someone's looking out for me, but I happened to, uh, I happened to be listening to the book Atlas Shrugged while I was reading Mastery. And the two, the ideas in those two books really got me thinking, hey, if I'm going to be working 50, 60 hours a week, if I'm going to put everything into it, do I want anyone else to be on the, the end of that? Or is that something that I want to own and have the opportunity to say, you know, maybe someone else doesn't do it this way, but I see value in it. Let's go for it. Um, so 
couple different things lined up where I was at a spot where I just really couldn't look at myself in the mirror without making a move to, to find out what this whole entrepreneurial and, and truly serving people is all about. That, that's really interesting that, that you, you t- took that step of like the entrepreneur and, and, and serving people and actually getting out there and giving back to the community. I think that's really key. And a lot of entrepreneurs may miss that, miss that out. What has been one of your biggest challenges in this whole process? I, I think the biggest challenge with being a startup insurance agency is insurance is boring. And if it's not broken, why fix it? And I understand that. And I tell people that all the time. Look, if, if there isn't a catalyst for talking about insurance, I understand why you wouldn't want to go through it, but just know that I'm here. And what I'll find is three, six, nine months later, I'll get a call from someone saying, hey, this happened, the, my price went up, or I had a claim that I didn't like the way it was handled, or you know, I have an email out to my agent for four days and I haven't heard back from him. What would you do in this situation? So that's, that's been my biggest challenge is just being in front of people when they want to talk about insurance because if, you're not, if there isn't a need, it's not something people are necessarily excited to jump in and spend 30 minutes um, evaluating you know, that line item of their expenses. Right. Yep. I can see that. Um, if you could go back in time to the start of your business with the Elevate Insurance, what advice would you give to your younger self? That's a great question. It's probably the advice that I'm telling myself still that this doesn't happen overnight. And you always hear that, right? Things take time. But having that true understanding that perseverance is going to be the biggest thing, keeping your head in the ballgame is the most important piece to being successful. So that doesn't necessarily mean this week I need to work 80 hours. It means that every week I need to be putting in the work and being intentional with what I'm doing knowing that the results will come even if, you know, today's not my day or this week's not my week. As an expert in your field within insurance and elevated insurance, what are three to five things that the average person should know about your field to get better educated or to learn more and and what different types of insurances, I guess, uh, they need? That's a very good question. Thank you, Rob. I think the biggest thing to know is that the price doesn't always reflect the same product. So there's a lot of online resources you can go to and punch things in and have a number come out, and it might be significantly lower than a number that you currently have or a number of someone else you talked about. Understanding what goes into that premium is incredibly important. There's, there's a law in Wisconsin that you have to have auto insurance. Now, the level of liability coverage that is required is not enough to protect anyone. Uh, essentially, what we're looking at is if you, know, you happen to be checking a text and you rear-end someone and you break their back or break their leg and they, have, they sue you because they can't afford the expenses, having that minimum liability coverage, there isn't enough to even start the claims process. You are going to be losing a ton of your personal finances to address those situations. So I think... That's the, the biggest thing is understanding what it is you're actually paying for. Um, things that really surprise me is when um, I'll have someone tell me that, you know, they don't really need renter's insurance, that they're not that um, concerned about their stuff, and that's okay. Um, I'm more concerned with renter's insurance of if someone falls on your st- down your steps and they can't pay for their bills, if they have to sue you, how do you handle that? 
Um, another thing is, well, I have life insurance through my work. We live in a, we live in a world where people don't keep jobs for 25 years like they used to. And if you part ways with an employer, your call or their call, the minute you leave that building, you no longer have life insurance and the responsibilities you have as a parent, a spouse, a homeowner, they don't change. So those are just some of the things that I think without having a, a consultant, an insurance advisor walk you through all those basic steps, you may feel much more comfortable in a position where you, you don't have the type of protection you need. I've, I've fallen in that, in that trap in the past where um, I would buy insurance on price and not necessarily what I knew was inside of it. And not knowing, and I guess through age and wisdom of learning more and more about this, is that uh, knowing what I'm being insured for and how much I'm being insured for uh, goes a long way. And quite honestly, when you look at it, for the cost, it's really not that much more. Often is the situation, and I'm, I'm very empathetic, Rob. I'm not here to say, hey, one way is right and one way is wrong. There's, there's the right situation for everything. My big goal as an insurance consultant and advisor is say, look, let's just understand what it is that you're buying. I have a neighbor who I met, I met with last summer. Um, he has three kids who are middle school and younger. Uh, they have two vehicles. They actually have the exact same floor plan of house that we have. And um, I'm going through and I'm building out a solution for his home, his auto, his umbrella. And the price comes back and I'm almost twice as much. And he's like, Jackson, there's no way that I can possibly work with you. Like, this isn't in our budget. And I said, something's just not lining up here. Can, I, can you show me what you guys have right now? We hadn't looked at that before. I just came in providing the, the base solution that I provide, what I, I would like to see everyone have. So we looked at what he had, and he had the minimum level of coverage. He had um, $100,000 in liability of his house. There was just a lot of things where... It's not a big deal unless there was an accident, in which case they would probably be moving. They probably would have to figure out a new situation because um, expenses would stack up really quick. So, uh, you know, the solution there, it's not the, um, you know, throwing a parade, happy-go-lucky store. I ended up not working with this neighbor still, um, but I encouraged him, like, if, even if you don't work with me, you need to go and up these limits at least to 100000 300000 on your auto. I spoke with him a few days later. He said, we're not going to work with you right now. But we did make those changes, and, and that's important to me still. Um, his family's better protected because of my knowledge, whether or not you know, I'm the guy collecting the paycheck, is, that's secondary. And that, that's what I really like about you, Jackson, because that you're, you're willing to go and educate people and, and take that with them, and they actually go out on doing it. And there's not a lot of people out there like that. And I see that in my industry as well, where you know, everything is a transaction versus helping other people out. So I, that's really key. And, and Rob, I don't see this as, you know, I don't have a three-year plan or a five-year plan. This is what I want to be doing. This is a great opportunity for me to get really involved with my community and with causes that are important to me. So this is a long game. You know, if that neighbor, if it takes three, five, seven years, eventually he'll be a client of mine because it'll just make sense. Yeah. Um, so doing the right thing uh, on the front end, I think, is what will make this an incredibly successful business. Um, on whatever timeline the powers that be decided will be. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and you brought up a really good point is that uh, giving back to the community and, and doing certain things like that, volunteering like that. We have an event that you put together next week with 
30th of May. Yep, yep. And tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I've uh, I've had an opportunity to work with Habitat for Humanity through a couple different um, angles. I've worked with the last corporation I worked with. I worked with them one-on-one um, last year. And now this year I, I reached out and I actually connected with you, Rob, and, and some other friends and some also some clients to get together and uh, work on a house that's being rehabbed in Milwaukee. So it's really neat. Uh, we're going to take the, the day. Uh, we're going to go out. We're going to be siding. So um, I haven't sided since I was maybe 12 or 13. So it'll be a, a good learning lesson for me. I love that about Habitat is you always walk away with, uh, when you're doing those build projects, you always walk away with concrete, tangible skills. And uh, it'll be a great opportunity for us to get to know each other better, um, for my clients to, to chat. I'm picking up lunch. And um, you know I think it'll be something that when we leave, I, at least my experience has been I've always felt really good when I leave. Um, there's other volunteers that are helping us through it and they like what they're doing. And um, those houses are a really cool story too because uh, the people who end up moving into those habitat houses, they have to put in hundreds and hundreds of hours on habitat projects before they qualify to move into that house. So it really gives them a sense of pride in, in, what, um, in the home that they're going to be owning and uh, helps to build back those communities that um, benefit from having a little extra love. That's very cool. Very cool. Thanks, Jackson. Uh, take me back in a time when you thought, wow, I'm really making a difference. This means this really means something to me. It could be personal, business. You know, let, let's hear a story. Yeah, so there's, um, there's one thing that pops right to mind, and it's, it's a little bit of a heavy story, but sometimes that's the way it is. Um, I do a lot of work with um, NAMI, which is the National Alliance for Mental Illness, and uh, myself... I get plugged into these groups, and we'll go talk to, um, we'll talk to inpatients at hospitals. We'll talk to um, high schools. We'll talk to different events. So this happened to be at a, a local high school here, and what we did is we essentially went in and shared. Look, we all have mental health, right? It's it's being excited, it's being sad. It, everyone has mental health, but there are certain people who fall on the spectrum where there's some real mental health challenges, and we can put people into boxes or whatever it is. So what we do is we help them understand what some of the warning signs are, either in themselves, in siblings, in classmates, so that people can get help as things are popping up before they reach that, um, that crisis type situation. So um, typically how those talks go is we'll go in and we'll talk about, um, we'll define and classify mental health, talk about best practices, things like that. And we also talk about suicide prevention. Uh, there's a high school here in the area that uh, suffered five suicides in the last 18 months. It's a huge, huge problem, and one of the things that we're finding through research is that people don't know that people feel this way, that it is common to have this hopelessness and this loss, and that's a whole other thing, but the, you asked about what's, what's a story where you feel like you, changed, you made an impact. Um, I had done a presentation with, with a young lady, and we presented for a week in fall, and then I saw her again in February. We were at the same school, and we were doing another presentation, and, uh, you know, how's it going? What's new? Blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, hey, did I, did I tell you about what happened with um, this girl? I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't even know there was a thing. She's, and she, like, kind of stopped. She, like, her breathing changed and her eyes got a little bit, like, welled up. She said, well, so here's what happened. And, and this particular person um, works with NAMI, so she also will be on the crisis lines as well as out in the schools and things like that. And she said, we gave a presentation and that day after we left in the morning, I went back to work on the crisis lines and I got a call. One of the things we tell the students is, hey, if you're feeling like suicide is something that 
you consider an option. This is the line. This is a phone number. This is a text line. You know, there's no charge for it. But reach out. Let's just start talking about it. By talking about it, we can start to wrap our hands around it. So uh, this person that I work with fielded this phone call from this young lady. And she said, hey, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. But we had two people coming to my school today. And they said that if you feel like suicide might be an option, I should call this number. So I did. And the girl had her jaw on the floor, right? Like she didn't know which girl, but we were in front of that person that day. And um, so with that person's permission, we brought their parents in, um, helped with, there was hospitalization was part of it. She's getting better now. We're not completely out of the woods. But that story's happened twice in the year and a half I've been working in this program. And it's taking that time to talk about the really uncomfortable things that really matter. And I mean, it just, it's completely humbling, Rob. And you don't even know like what to say about it or what to think about it. But I mean, that's something that I think will stick with me the rest of my life. That, that's a really good story. And it's, I find it even for myself or even for a lot of people that I know is just to ask for help or even just to put yourself out there, just the fear of putting yourself out there. Cause a lot of times you don't know what other people are going to think or what they're going to say. Uh, but there's a lot of good help out there. It's really funny that you say that. We didn't talk about this at all. Um, but Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, Brene Brown has the number 10 TED Talk of all time about vulnerability. And I just finished um, my book advertisement, which is a five-minute advertisement for books that have changed my life. And I just finished it yesterday. And it's on YouTube. I, ha- I don't have it on my website yet. Um, but it covers vulnerability, that, that stuff that eats at us and tears us apart. And I find it really interesting, Rob. I I've truly feel that the things that, that you have squirreled away deepest and darkest, the things that I have that are my biggest challenges are probably our biggest similarities. That, I find that so true. And it's, like, and it's, it's hard to put yourself out there and, and really, because you, you feel like a little kid, like you're just going to get beat down. Exactly. It's, it's that giving up the reins and giving up control and having trust in someone else. So, you know, it's not appropriate for you and I to talk about those things because we have an audience here, right? So that would, not, that would not fit the situation. But finding someone that you trust or if, you know, in these suicidal type situations, reaching out to people who are trained in the situation and just help you walk through those things. One of the biggest things Brene Brown talks about is journaling. She says that words kill shame. If you can put your shame into words, you can start creating a process to find a solution. Whereas if we just keep it inside, it's just rumination that, that wrecks us and there's nowhere to go but down. Wild, huh? <laughs> that, hey, you know what? Hey, all right. I say, okay, let's get to know you a little bit more, Jackson. Um, are there any daily practices that contribute to your success and happiness? There's, so I'm a creature of habit. Um, with selling books door to door, it's pretty clear you either stick to your schedule or you lose and you go home. Um, I, I'm a big Tim Ferriss fan and I had come across, it was a culmination. So he was, he was reviewing a lot of the work he'd done to that point. And maybe it was before to, uh, tools of Titans came out. I, I don't recall, but he had said of the 200 CEOs, um, athletes, very influential people in the world of everyone that he's interviewed the past two years, 95% of them meditated daily. And I had read a lot of the Dalai Lama and I had understood the value of meditation. But once I heard that, I thought 
this is something that really needs to be part of my day. I'm not, I'm still not, um, I'm not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disciplined enough to meditate every day. But last year I meditated about every other day and it gives, it provides me huge clarity somewhere throughout the day. Pieces click into place. Other things that, that consistently build uh, success is on Sunday nights, I'll sit down and I take my calendar from my phone and I put it onto a physical calendar and I block that out by the half hour. And next to it, I have all my tasks that I need to do. So when I go into the week, Monday morning, before the week even starts, I know what I'm committed to and I know what needs to happen and I can track that throughout the week. And at any point in time, I can say, you're on point or, you know... <laughs> Um, you're going to be staying up later tonight or waking up earlier to get this stuff done. Exactly. Any worth, any, what I say, anything worth doing is worth measuring. It's something I've heard in the past. Someone told me that. It's, that my, it's not my Absolutely. fault. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could give someone advice that's getting into your field as, as an insurance consultant, what pieces of nuggets or what nuggets would you give them to get started? I would say f- number one is self-education. So, Go through and read the deck page. And this is dry reading, folks. This is not, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't encourage any of my clients to read this, but go through and read what an auto policy actually covers, um, how home deductibles are structured. There's a lot of things with the carriers I work with that are huge benefits and above and beyond what a traditional insurance carrier will offer. But if you don't, if you don't study those things and put the time in, you're not going to be able to, to share the value with your clients and prospects. So I would say number one is study. Number two, and again, this is advice I tell myself almost every morning, is just persevere, persist. This is working. This will continue to work, even if you don't have 14 solutions you're working on today, right? Consistent, persistent effort with a positive attitude will always lead to success. The the big challenge and what I would what I would caution anyone starting any businesses you know if you go into this committed you work hard you persist good attitude you will be successful no one can promise a timeline though so if 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 it takes five six years to be successful and that's too long think about it then because it there's no guarantee that you're going to get this off the ground in six months you got to have faith that the system's going to work and you just got to keep churning at it and keep on going sir i I know that i I struggle with that every day it's just you got to have the faith that the what you're doing today and what you're doing every every week is building towards something and, and being able to just push through it on those days that you don't want to. And, and Rob, I'm a, I'm a younger guy too. You know, I'm in my early thirties. And one of the things that I'm really proud of, of in myself is networking with people who are in their fifties, sixties, seventies. Um, I, I went to lunch with four gentlemen who retired from the insurance uh, industry and asked them, Hey, what does it take to be great? What does it take to be successful? How do I do a great job for my clients? And being willing to be a student with people who have done this before and might tell you things you don't want to hear, but understanding, look, you know, I, maybe I've wrote a blog, right? But this person has done it for 40 years. And I found being a student, both with people with a lot of experience and with books has been huge. That's great. Uh, what is the one thing right now that has you most fired up and excited about the future? The biggest thing that I'm excited about is I continually find these little omens, right? I find these little things on my path that tell me I'm in the right direction. And I'm going to butcher this, this quote, but Renee Brown talks about um, 
if there's craziness, there's probably innovation. Steve Jobs, and I might do an okay job with this, but uh, <laughs> Steve Jobs said, uh, here's to the crazy ones, the rebels, the misfits, uh, the square pegs in the round holes, the troublemakers, um, to the people, the people who are willing to get outside their comfort zone. And there's some other good stuff in there that I'm missing, but it, it wraps up with, where people see crazy, we see genius. Because the people who feel they can truly change the world are the only ones that do. And that type of stuff, Rob, the approach that I, I have with my agency and my community involvement and having a heavy focus on networking to learn what other people need to make their business successful so I can deliver that to them. I'm just finding more and more little nuggets around the road, on the road of, hey, Jackson, you're, this is the right path. You're doing the right thing. There, there's maybe the traditional conservative mindset that says, hey, this is different and weird and we don't like it, but that's okay because nothing great ever came from following the exact template that someone else had done. Right. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm the similar approach, whereas everybody's going right, I go left. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's always better, better things to do over there. Um, okay, I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, we got a little, couple more questions to go. Uh, what is the best way to connect with you? Um, what are your social medias? handles um i'll have all these added into the show notes and links in there as well um but how do people get a hold of you jackson yeah so the um to to just be a part of the day-to-day where you know sometimes i'm posting just things i find are interesting is on my facebook so that's jackson bubolts uh b-u-b-o-l-z um use that same name jackson bubolts on linkedin you're going to see a little bit more insurance centric things but i'm also talking a lot about things that are helping me get where i'm going so i cover books I share different risks. I just put one up yesterday about um, the difference between renting and owning and financially, where do you come out ahead better in 30 years? Um, you might be interested to, to, take to see what that. the findings yeah. are with that one. And then if, if you're in a spot where, where you think, hey, this guy sounds different than my um, insurance agent or this might be a better way to go about it, um, any opportunities that anyone would like to open up to have a look at their coverage and see if I can provide more value, more knowledge, a better price, a better experience, more community involvement, they can either email me at jackson at elevatedins.com or go to the website elevatedins.com. There's a link called Insure Differently, and that's all the information I would need to build a solution for you. Uh, Being on that path of being different, if anyone does go, if anyone does look to get an insurance solution from me, uh, the first question that I ask is what your name is. The second question is the next 12 months, Personally or professionally, what are you working on? If I can introduce you to someone, if I can share advice that I've had, anything that helps people get where they're going, whether they do business with me or not, those are the things that over the course of my life I think will really uh, improve the area and give people opportunities that they're looking for. That's awesome. That's awesome. So now we're going to have a little fun. We did talk about Tim Ferriss quite a bit in this show. So uh, we got the book here. Mm -hmm. I I always bring up towards the end, and this is where we have some fun. We use his rapid-fire questions at the end, end of the book. Um, but before we get to that point, I almost forgot here, you get to ask me a question. It could be anything that you want out of the blue. So this has been kind of fun. I've gotten some really good ones over the past week, and I've got some ones that really stumped me as well. Okay. Well, Rob, we, uh, I mean, we had a one-on-one, and you're always open to go grab a coffee or a beer with someone and get to know their business better, so I appreciate that. I feel like um, I've gotten some good insight from you there, and I don't. I, I want to ask something fresh here. Um, so the, uh, the question that I ask everyone that I love 
And who did this come from? This came from blanking on the author's name, but it's, it's from the book, The One Thing. The One Thing, um, uh, Gary Keller. Gary Keller, thank you. And, and so you might be familiar with this question, but the question is, over the next 12 months, what's the one thing that if you can get it right, is an inflection point. It changes everything, either in your business, your personal life, both. Have you had an opportunity to think about what that one thing is? Almost definitely. I have, I have the, the one thing, unfortunately, it's not unfortunate, but in my bathroom, I have the little <laughs> two, I have the two little, like five year, it always goes down to one day. Okay. The one thing we can do right there. Oh, yeah, yeah. His, that, 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 um, his process. process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got that in my bathroom. Okay. So I have my own little bathroom. Uh, my wife doesn't get to go in there. And I have, there's two things in there it, from Gary Keller's, like the five year or three year, and it goes all the way down to the single day. And then it also has on the, the next one over is, uh, uh, spiritually, business, personal, and all those other things like that. So I refer back to last December when I started out my business plan. And I didn't write out a business plan for 2018, but I wrote it out for 2019. And then worked back from there and where I really wanted to be. And looking at where I'm at right now with the podcast, everything is going great. And everything continues to go great um, a, a key factor will be in September, October, and in, in that area, I'll be able to hire a part-time producer to take help me out quite a bit with the editing and moving forward. Perfect. Well, what I would ask, Rob, in, in that space, when you have those things together, if you can send them over so I can share them or post them on my Facebook and LinkedIn and um, just get it to a wider audience, because what I've found is you never... You sometimes have an idea, but you never really know where the fit's going to be. Um, but if we play the if we play the law of averages, we're going to find the people who need the service. Exactly, so. exactly. I appreciate that. I'll definitely share that with you. All right, let's get into a few questions, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, so I probably ask about any three to four of these questions. Uh, one of the first things here: if you could have one gigantic billboard with anything on it, what would it say? It would be a big green lime, lime elevated green billboard that had nothing on it except in the very bottom corner said this is different this insurance agency is different too elevated insurance insured differently very cool what obsessions do you explore on the evenings or weekends so i'm a huge 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 reader and uh i mean that's a whole nother conversation but i'm always looking for things that are going to make me better um you might have actually brought up that the one thing book when we met i might have come across that question before but i was getting ready to cut my lawn i'm going over google videos or uh, google audiobooks and that popped up <laughs> so i just read it within the last couple of weeks you might have been part of that so thanks nice. for that um the other thing that is kind of quirky but uh my wife and i do a ton of puzzles so we have probably nineteen thousand puzzle pieces uh on our walls as as uh, art and decor and it's a great way for us to to essentially chain ourselves to a table, spend three, four, five hours together over the course of a week or two, and have something to show for it afterwards. Um, I also have four little kids, so um, you know that's every day. It's a little different story with them. But oh, they, grow up, they grow up fast. They really do. Last one. What do you believe is true, even though you can't prove it? I believe that the answer to every solution is within 24 hours of bringing it up, it's on us to figure out where it is, how to find it, and then how to use it. Ask great questions. You'll get great answers. Sir. Very good. All right. 
any ask or request for the audience, any last parting words? Big thing, everyone. Every time I build a solution for someone, whether they buy or not, we make a donation to a nonprofit. I teach people about what their coverage currently is, and I give them other options. So if you know anyone who's buying a house, buying a car, uh, wants someone local, wants to get off the online insurance thing, just wants to work with someone more in their demographic, I would absolutely love to, to sit down and have a conversation with you. You know, we can fill out a link, schedule 20 minutes, and in that time you'll know if I can provide a better solution or not. So just letting people know when insurance comes up, elevated insurance is a great solution, especially for those folks who grew up with cell phones and are very comfortable with technology. Um, I feel like I've served that demographic very well. That's awesome. And we also, part of the show is, is working with local businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, and that's all part of this. I know we have all these uh, great companies out there that you can go online and fill something out in 15 minutes, but you really never get to know who you're working with. So part of the show is bringing local business owners, entrepreneurs, community leaders, so you can reach out to them and work with them. Uh, I appreciate you so much being on the show, Jackson. That's it. Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate you having me on. This has been great. 